Hello and welcome to another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, we're going to talk all about what's been so consistent and impressive about the Timberwolves through the first six games of the regular season. There's a couple of key things that they continue to do extremely well. We'll also talk about a couple of areas that they're performing they're performing well overall in spite of a couple of these other areas in which they're struggling. We'll also preview the Wolves-Pelicans game on Wednesday night at Target Center. Keys to that one. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day and happy Timberwolves game day. The Wolves close out a four-game homestand with the game against the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. We'll preview that one later in the show, but I want to start by talking through the, the most consistent things about the Wolves through six games this season, the first two weeks of the regular season, and then also they've performed so well in spite of a couple of key problems to keep an eye on here moving forward. We'll do all that here on the show today. First of all, big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Also, a reminder that on the SXM app, you can listen to the fantastic Alan Horton call play by play of the Wolves game tonight on Sirius XM. Again, that's the XM app on Sirius XM. All right, um, let's start by talking about all of the things that the Wolves have done well this year and what's been most consistent across their 4-2 and two start, which, of course, includes these last, uh, well, three consecutive impressive wins. The, um, you know, the, the one on Saturday, notwithstanding, it was still an impressive win, but the win over Denver last Wednesday and then Boston on Monday, two previously unbeaten teams are so, so impressive. And across the majority of the first six games, the Wolves have done a handful of things extremely well. I should note off the top, it was announced late on Tuesday that Jordan McLaughlin will be out four weeks with an MCL sprain. It was the end of the third quarter when it looked like Nas Reed kind of fell back into McLaughlin's leg, obviously inadvertently. McLaughlin kind of tripped and then fell, was fouled, and knocked on a couple of free throws after the incident happened, but it sounds like he'll be out four weeks. Of course, the Wolves, uh, that could mean more Shake Milton. It could mean uh, more Nikhil Alexander-Walker. It could mean Sebastian Nix, who, of course, is on a two-way contract. All of those, um, I guess, outcomes are possible following the Jordan McLaughlin injury. It's it's too bad. I mean, it, we're you know not quite a couple of weeks from where or a couple of weeks from about when McLaughlin got hurt last year with the calf injury that basically tanked the rest of his season. He came back, of course, but was never really himself. So hopefully this isn't something that lingers beyond those four weeks for him, and he's able to get back on the floor. Because when he has been in the rotation, and he hasn't been every night, but over the first six games, he's played well so far this season. All right, 
some of the consistent themes for the Wolves so far this season that are so impressive. Um, let's start with the most obvious one, and that is the defense. The Timberwolves' defense has been so incredibly impressive. They're number one in defensive rating, and this is despite playing the toughest schedule in the entire league so far, based on any strength of schedule metric you're going to find. Um, they're first in opponent points per game, which is obviously a different way to measure. Uh, defensive rating is a, a, a better efficiency metric, but points per game to be first in both categories is really impressive. And um, the Wolves are leaning on that half-court defense, especially to propel them right now in spite of some of the offensive issues, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal. I don't love individual player uh, defensive and offensive ratings. I think they can be a little bit misleading, quite noisy. Um, but Rudy Gobert has been phenomenal. Uh, the Wolves have been doing more of playing Carl Anthony Towns in the pick and roll at the level and allowing Rudy to basically play free safety and roam the back line, swat shots, impact um, uh, opponent forays to the rim, um, deter opponents from even attempting to score at the rim. And the strategy has been altered a little bit depending on the opponent, but that's by and large been what seems to be Chris Finch's preferred method of defending right now is like, hey, if Mike Conley can get through ball screens and Carl Anthony Towns can play up at the level, you let Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards worry about the wings, deflect passes, use their length, uh, just be disruptive in general. And then you can have both McDaniels and Anthony Edwards kind of helping, you know, pin, um, essentially collapse down low to assist Rudy Gobert at the rim. And you've got yourself a pretty good recipe for success. Plus, when McDaniels and Anthony Edwards do that, they're also in much better position to rebound. Both those guys, their you know their first three years in the league for each of them were really disappointing rebounding the basketball. Last year, Anthony Edwards was much better. But McDaniels has always had a disappointing uh, mark in terms of rebound percentage. It's also not where it needs to be this year. It's only 6.9%, but Ant is back up over 10% once again. So um, the way the Wolves are playing defense should also help them in that category. So again, number one in defensive rating. They're still number four in defensive rebound rate. Uh, they were one for a little while, but four, 78.7% is not shabby at all. And the other thing the Wolves are doing really well, we'll talk more about staying out of foul trouble later when we get to keys of the game against the Pelicans. But the Timberwolves last year, Fouled a ton the last couple of years, even remember two years ago, they were um, a middle of the pack defense. Let's let's look at that real quick. They were 13th in defensive rating two years ago. This is pre Rudy Gobert, but they were dead last in free throw attempts per field goal attempts defensively, meaning they gave up a ton of opponent free throw attempts. Last season, the Wolves were number 10 in defensive rating at the end of the season. They were still 26th in free throw attempts per field goal attempts. Um, and that number was a 0.225. This season, again, we know only six games. Still, it's a .151. That's nearly three quarters of a free throw less per field goal attempt that an opponent is attempting. That's a significant difference. And that is fourth best in the league. So the improvement in terms of defensive rebound and the improvement in terms of defending without fouling, at least to the point of not allowing opponents to shoot a ton of free throws, that has helped drive down opponent offense considerably. The other thing is they're number one in effective field goal percentage defensively. And that, I don't, I think certainly good defense impacts that. I'm not at all suggesting that's simply a luck statistic, but I think there's just a little bit more luck baked in there than there is with defensive rebounding and free throw rate, defensive free throw rate, right? There's just a little bit more luck baked into effective field goal percentage. Absolutely, you can drive that down by playing solid defense, by forcing 
the opponent to shoot shots that you want them to shoot, not that they want to shoot. That's kind of the whole point, right, defensively. So it's not necessarily the number one effective field goal percentage. It's the number four defensive rebound rate, the number four free throw attempt per field goal attempt rate, and also just in general, just being so solid in the half court. The transition defense has been spotty. There's been moments where you know, it just hasn't been where it needs to be. And that, of course, was a massive problem last year. But the half-court defense has been awesome. I want to make one other point about where the Wolves sit right now, league-wide, given their um, offensive, I I, I said a minute ago, spotty offense, uh, spotty offensive performance so far, but also the league's best defense. I want to give a little bit more color to where they sit league-wide, and then I want to talk about those issues that the Wolves are still having, players that need to play better. We'll close the show here today by getting into keys of the game against the Pelicans on Wednesday night. We'll do all of that here next. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With the basketball season underway now, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could take LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You can also obviously mix and match your favorite Minnesota sports teams, a Vikings player and a Wolves player, um, etc. You can also play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find you can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each and every week. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day or tomorrow on the show, it will be the postgame podcast. We'll talk all things Wolves-Pelicans. That'll post early Thursday morning. Late Wednesday, following the game, you can catch the live postcast with our friend Luke Inman hosting, uh, and he'll be along with one of the guys from Canisupas, either Jack Borman or Tyler Metcalf. It's live on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel, and then we'll have the audio for you here on the Lockdown Wolves feed. So, if you don't listen to a show again until mid-morning, Thursday, or whatever, you're going to have two Lockdown Wolves episodes after this one in your feed. You'll have that live postcast uh, with those guys, and then you'll also have this show hosted by me that will publish early Thursday. So go check that out on Thursday after Wolves Pelicans. We'll have you covered from each and every angle here at Lockdown Wolves. All right. Um, so big picture. And by big picture, I mean the, the first two weeks of the NBA season. Big picture, right? Um, the Timberwolves are four and two. They've played, you know, two or three games less than some teams. Um, so, like, there's, I get it. They've played six games, but I think context is still very important. And the Wolves' three-game winning streak now has them in fourth place in the Western Conference, behind the Warriors, who have played two more games and won both of them. But fourth in the West. The most important thing for me at this point, if we're just looking at the standings, is that the Timberwolves have the fourth best point differential of any team in the entire NBA. That's led by Boston at a four, plus 14 and a half. Remember, they were 5-0 and oh until they played the Wolves the other day. And then the Sixers at a plus 13.2. They're 5-1. and one. 
And then the Denver Nuggets, who the Wolves just beat at a plus 10.9. And then it's your Minnesota Timberwolves with the fourth best point differential in the league so far at a plus 8.8. By the way, the Celtics and Nuggets combined are 12-2, and and their only two losses are at the hands of the Minnesota Timberwolves at Target Center in the last six days. It's impressive. It's impressive. It's, it's in some ways, the MO of this team from last year, which is rising to the challenge um, and, and faltering in games that they should win in that case, or in this year's case, they're 0-2 on the road. They lost in Toronto. They lost in Atlanta. Both games the Wolves should have won, and they could easily be looking at a 5-1 or 6-0 record themselves. We haven't exactly seen that same test yet this year. Um, and also, by the way, when we talk about standing up to good teams last season, the Wolves weren't necessarily beating good teams. They did a little bit. Um, you know, they did some, obviously, over the course of the season. It's just that they were more consistently competitive against good teams than they were against bad teams, which is very strange. Um, but I mean, like, the Jazz aren't going to be a great team this year. They're what, like two and seven or something, two and six right now. The Wolves beat them easily as they should have. They beat a shorthanded Miami team fairly easily as well, pulling away in the fourth quarter about a week and a half ago. So, for the most part, this has been a really impressive start. Now, a couple of things to keep an eye on here. I mentioned the transition defense in the first segment. Obviously, that still needs to improve a little bit. I think it's so much tied to effort and just understanding each other, trusting each other, trusting your teammates, floor balance, et cetera. All that's related. And I think the Wolves are trending in the right direction there. It's just one of those where because so much of it is effort, it feels like unforced errors. Um, if the Wolves give up too many easy points, I mean, it is literally unforced errors in that case. Um, but when the half-court defense is so good, if you could just be decent in transition, you're going to have the number one defense in the league by far. So a little bit of help still on, def- on transition in terms of transition defense. The offensive flow, of course, that's the biggest issue right now. It's just not consistent. Still sometimes, you know, the the ball's too sticky. It gets into hero mode a little bit too much and is awesome as he was in overtime scoring like eight points down the stretch. And uh, by the way, not picking up a sixth and disqualifying foul after picking up his fifth early in the fourth quarter. It was an outstanding, awesome performance. The Wolves won in large part due to Anthony Edwards. But the headline for me was just how good the defense was because we know Ant can go off. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. This team has a stellar half-court defense, improved rebounding, which is very important, and a high floor on offense. I mean, the Wolves, and by that I mean really Anthony Edwards, can get buckets whenever they need to. But it just isn't consistent enough yet. And this team has such massive overall upside. Even with all those struggles, this team is the number four seed in the West right now. They're the fourth best point differential in the entire league. They're the only team to beat the Boston Celtics or the Denver Nuggets, and they've beaten each of them once so far this season. Even with those issues, this team has been extremely impressive. In terms of a couple of individuals that, of course, play into the bigger picture that need to step up, Shake Milton has easily been the most disappointing part of the first six games, and uh, you feel bad for the guy because he just, I mean, this is first season in Minnesota. The first six games have not gone to plan. Um, I'm not worried about Shake Milton. He's been a good player for a long time for the Philadelphia 76ers the last, I think, six years. But he turned in another, uh, in fact, he didn't play in the second half of the Boston game on Monday. He played those three first half minutes, and then Jordan McLaughlin got his minutes in the late third quarter. McLaughlin hurt his knee. The Wolves just played, you know, eight guys in the fourth quarter. 
So Shake played only three minutes, and that's on the heels of some more disappointing performances. You go back and look, he had 15 minutes against Utah, had eight points, no assists. The game before, 18 minutes against Denver, two points, one assist. So he's played 15 to 18 minutes in four games. Um, I'm sorry, that doesn't include the opener. In the last four games prior to Monday, and only the three minutes against the Celtics. My bet is the Wolves give him another shot at basically like, hey, you, the backup spot is yours. The backup point guard spot behind Mike Conley is yours. McLaughlin's injured. He'll get every opportunity to to earn that spot and keep that spot as the primary backup lead guard. I hesitate to say point guard, but lead guard as a talented scoring combo guard and somebody who can obviously distribute as well. Um, he's got to step it up. Nikki Alexander-Walker has been the other one that's been a little bit disappointing. And of course, what do these guys have in common? Well, they're both big, important bench pieces. Alexander-Walker started a little uh, the first couple games of the season when McDaniels was hurt. But each of those guys are veterans that just need to come come to the party, right? They need to be more consistent in general. They need to shoot the basketball better from the perimeter. They need to be appropriately aggressive and active. Um, but that's that's what I, the Wolves bench needs that. Otherwise, it's Nas Reed. That's kind of it, right? That's your eight guys that are going to see consistent minutes. And again, with McLaughlin out, we may just see more Shake Milton. I think it's pretty likely um, that it also means that we could see Troy Brown Jr. getting back into the rotation. That's a possibility too. Um, so all that the we need to keep an eye on. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker and Shake Milton, Shake Milton both need to just simply play better, especially with Jordan McLaughlin out. Um, but again, it's a little bit of a nitpick, right? The starting lineup's been so good. Nas Reed has been so good um, that there's like, in spite of some of these very real issues, the transition defense, the offensive flow that's struggling. I mentioned a couple of times the Wolves are number one in defensive rating. Well, guess what? They're number 21 in offensive rating. They finished last year 23rd in offensive rating. Um, Anthony Edwards making difficult shots is kind of sort of keeping them afloat right now, both actually in the win column and also individually, or, or I guess on the team game-by-game game level. It's this very real, impressive shot-making talent that goes back to that high floor conversation I was having on Tuesday on the show. The Wolves have such a high floor from an offensive level. It's got to be about where it is now. And because the defense is so good and Ant, the top level version of Anthony Edwards on both ends of the floor is so good that this team can manage to be four and two with a couple of really difficult wins um, this season. Like I, I don't, I don't think um, it's crazy to assume Assume is maybe not the right word. Crazy to expect the Timberwolves' offense to to continue to move up that leaderboard in terms of offensive rating. They should at least be a top twelve ish unit, um, and frankly higher than that, given the amount of talent. But it's going to be hard to change all those habits overnight. And I know Chris Finch is working on it. But this team has such such an impressive upside from an offensive perspective, and they've apparently apparently they're already there defensively. That's at least what it appears to be at this point in time. All right, I want to close today by previewing the Timberwolves matchup against the Pelicans. That's what we got for you upcoming here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our title sponsors over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. This is a great time of year for sports. We are 
past the halfway point in college football, but tons of good college football ongoing um, and getting closer to the weekend. Of course, games, I think usually Thursday, Friday and Saturday, you've got midway point of the NFL season. You've got uh, the first week of college basketball, which is super exciting. NHL. I just went and did some NHL uh, overs for games. That's always fun to bet on overs for goals scored for NHL games. Uh, Take some unders for college basketball because, you know, it's not the NBA and nobody Rooting for the under maybe isn't fun. I kind of think it's fun, and maybe that's weird. But college basketball, especially this time of year, unders feel like they're they're a good play. Um, but there's plenty to do. Spreads, player props, over-unders, and more over at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season as well as this, the first week of college basketball. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Timberwolves play host the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday night. The Pelicans, to this point, are 4-3. and three. They're currently fifth in the Western Conference. So if you look at their standings, they're not much behind uh, the Timberwolves. They are um, healthy-ish. CJ McCollum is out with the uh, pneumonia, I believe it was, and collapsed lung. So there's no CJ McCollum. Um, Trey Murphy and Jose Alvarado have been out really since the season started. And Najee Marshall Marshall continues to be out too. So it's a little bit of a shorthanded New Orleans Pelicans team, but it's very possibly a team the Wolves could be battling with season wise in the seeding wise, excuse me, in the Western Conference. So it's exceedingly important that the Timberwolves uh, win this game, right? You want to have that tiebreaker. You want to have that extra, essentially that extra game lead over the team that's chasing you. So this is an important game. I want to talk through a couple of my um, keys to this one and what I'd like to see the Timberwolves do. Um, number one, the Timberwolves have to win the battle of the boards on both ends of the floor. And New Orleans isn't necessarily a particularly, at least so far this season, they're not a particularly dynamic offensive rebounding team. They're 17th in offensive rebound rate, but the Wolves have always had trouble with Jonas Valanciunas. He's always given the Wolves fits on the glass. And of course, having both Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns uh, per Tim Connolly's plan should deter a lot of that stuff. So in theory, the Timberwolves should be a, I mean, should continue being a strong defensive rebounding team. Again, fourth in the league defensive rebound rate-wise. The Pelicans are number um, are number four, excuse me, number 17 in terms of offensive rebound rate themselves. So it's important that the Wolves win the battle on the offensive glass. There's no reason, or really the defensive glass when it comes to the Wolves, there's no reason to give the Pelicans any hope that they can, um, you know, score easy buckets that way. So I, even if this... You know, all three of these keys are actually just as much about the Wolves as they are about the opponent. But, um, like, I do think it's important with the Pelicans because, oh, the other thing is they don't turn the ball over very much. Um, and so you have to secure possessions off of misses when you can't. So when the Pelicans miss, you got to stop that possession in its tracks. You got to get the ball back um, and head back the other way because they simply just, I mean, they have a low turnover rate. They are number six in the league right now offensively in terms of uh, offensive turnover rate, 11.7%. So um, rebounding the basketball well after forcing them into hopefully uh, a difficult shot is going to do a lot for this, for, you know, towards the Wolves winning this particular game. Second key that you can see on there if you're watching on YouTube is to move the ball on offense. And again, this is another one that's really all about the Wolves themselves and not as much about the opponent. Um, New Orleans is, you know, fine defensively. They're 21st so far in defensive rating. They don't turn opponents overall that much, 22% turnover rate, middle of the pack in terms of free throw attempts allowed per field goal attempt. Um, 
the Wolves simply, again, more about them than it is about the Pels. Just keep the ball moving in offense. Avoid the trap of the sticky basketball. Avoid playing too much isolation basketball. And I mean, this Pelicans team, they have a couple of nice wins, but I mean, they're four and three. They're a beatable team, especially without uh, CJ McCollum. And the Wolves will be in a really good spot if they simply keep the ball moving on the offensive end of the floor. The third thing is staying out of foul trouble. And I put this on here again about the Wolves, not necessarily the Pelicans. As we've established, New Orleans is pretty middle of the pack in terms of drawing free throws and drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line themselves. Um, But the Timberwolves have had kind of this relapse of foul trouble issues most recently from, well, Rudy Gobert, well, no, not Rudy Gobert. It was Jaden McDaniels, then it was Carl Anthony Towns, and then in this last game it was Anthony Edwards who had to change the way he was playing towards the end of the game because of the foul trouble. So the Wolves need to be cognizant of that. Some of it's, you know, it comes and it goes, and, you know, all good players eventually find themselves into foul trouble. But um, it's a newer thing for Anthony Edwards, and it's happened a couple of times this year. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, and just in general, the Wolves need to do a better job of staying out of individual foul trouble, which then, of course, also you commit a bunch of fouls, you're putting the other team on the free throw line much faster anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, my three things are, again, winning the battle of the boards, limiting the Pelicans to one shot each time down the floor. That's related to that. Moving the ball in offense, making the Pelicans' feet move, make them work for um, anything that they get, and then also to stay out of foul trouble, especially Jaden McDaniels, Anthony Edwards, and also Carl Anthony Towns. Um, staying out of foul trouble is going to be paramount in this game. The other thing is the line over at FanDuel. The Timberwolves are actually seven-point favorites as of recording this podcast. The over-under is at 220 and a half. Again, that's over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Wolves by seven is the spread. Um, So, I mean, that seems a little high to me. I mean, the Pelicans are still, like, they're not, not chop liver, right? Like they're still a good team. Zion is healthy. He put up a near triple double in their loss to the Nuggets the other day at 2010 and nine. Um, I mean, Brandon Ingram still scored 22. So you've still got Zion. You've still got Brandon Ingram. You've still got Jonas Valanciunas. So I'd be a little bit surprised if we didn't see that, um, you know, that, that line tighten just a little bit. Uh, but anyway, go check that out at FanDuel and uh, see whether or not that spread moves since I recorded this podcast late on Tuesday night. All right, that's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, we will have the live postcast on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel with Luke Inman and uh, one of the Canis Hoopus guys. That's immediately following the game, and then the audio will be on this feed on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, excuse me, Lockdown Wolves. We'll do the postgame podcast on Thursday morning, so make sure to subscribe to Lockdown Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also watch um, this podcast on YouTube as well. Um, and also in the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. And you can also follow us on X at Lockdown T Wolves and also at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.